Hi everyone, quick disclaimer before we jump into the podcast that this episode is sponsored by Podcorn. Now you may have noticed that we have recently started to integrate some ads into our podcast and this is great because it gives us the resources to support equipment, software, mics, little things we need and so that we can actually record more often and give you more episodes. Now, we love Podcorn because Lauren and I are firm believers if you follow doing what you love, you can definitely make your passion a paycheck. And for any of you who may have a podcast or who are thinking about it already and wondering if it could lead to possible monetization and making money, the answer is yes. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities. It can be kind of tricky when you start to create content and you're not sure what exactly you should value yourself at or what brands are even open to collaborating with you. Podcorn makes it so easy. With Podcorn, there is no middleman and it's actually open to podcasters of all sizes. So meaning you, if you start tomorrow on your podcast, you can actually browse and choose opportunities right on the platform. You're able to set your own rate, which I think is actually very empowering. And you're able to collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. If this is of any interest to you, you can just click the link in our show notes to sign up to Podcorn and you can start browsing the sponsorship opportunities right away and see what's available to you. We hope that helped you out and let's get back to the show. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians for estheticians and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to the treatment room. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren. We are super excited for today's episode. We are talking all about finance and how to have a successful and profitable business. Our guest today is Danielle Hayden. Danielle is a reformed corporate CFO who is on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. After spending 10 plus years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer, Danielle is now in her sweet spot as the co-owner of Kickstart Accounting. She helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial analysis, and education, and is the author of the Profit Planner book series. We had a really great conversation with Danielle that we are super excited to share with you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren. Today's guest is Danielle Hayden, and we are basing this entire episode around finance. Now, I posted on my Instagram stories asking what questions you guys have in regards to finance and business and numbers. And I feel like I've never seen such an energetic, thoughtful type of response. So thank you guys so much for those questions. 
I can tell this is a topic that honestly has a lot of anxiety pegged to it and you guys want to be more informed. So you're in the right place. I think this episode is going to be super helpful, whether you are in school, whether you are working at a spa or Maybe you're thinking about running the show one day and having your own business. We're so excited to talk to Danielle. So welcome, Danielle. Could you kick us off talking a little bit about your background? Because I know it's actually pretty unique. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, my background, uh, I'm kind of a unique story. I uh, actually started uh, after high school as a hairdresser for a long time, and I worked behind the chair uh, as I went to uh, school uh, for accounting. Uh, worked my way up through corporate accounting and um, was working as a, a corporate CFO. Uh, and in that role, what I did was I armed our management team and the investors in the companies with financial information for them to make business decisions and grow their biz- grow the business. Uh, I had a light bulb moment and I realized that there were so many entrepreneurs out there who needed and deserved the same financial information that I was providing to the to this team. And so mm-hmm. I went on a mission to arm entrepreneurs with uh, with financials, with analysis, with um, with numbers, and most importantly, getting accounting off their plate. So uh, my passion is just making sure that entrepreneurs have what they need and the numbers and the empowerment that they need to grow their business. Incredible. I think, yeah, our audience, it tends to skew a little bit younger. A lot of our listeners are just getting out of high school, and I feel like this conversation is going to be so valuable, especially for those of us who aren't exposed to numbers the way others are. Like, I know myself, I get a little bit intimidated by numbers. Um, so we're so excited oh, today. It is so common. Like if anybody like started listening to this episode and they're like, uh, I don't know. Oh my God, that sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> You're not yeah. alone. Like keep listening. I, I promise I try to make numbers and finances as easy and fun as possible because I understand that this is such an overwhelming topic. I mean, 90% of our clients who have come to us have said, I don't get this. This is totally overwhelming. I don't want to do it. This is scary to me. Um, But the, the, you know, the best way uh, to handle it is to embrace that fear and to know that you feel that way and, um, and just start implementing one thing at a time. So even if you take one thing from this entire conversation, that's okay. You don't have to digest everything, uh, but just think about one thing that you can put into practice and, um, and just know that you'll be so much better off in the long run, especially if you're somebody who's younger listening to this episode. Now, were you somebody who was just always excited about numbers and had a dream of pursuing accounting, or did you have an experience that changed your mind? No. So I actually, um, you know, pretty much um, failed math in high school. <laughs> in high school, I was not a numbers person. Um, I, um, like I said, I actually went to cosmetology in high school, and I was working in the salon. And the the part of of uh, what kind of started to attract me to the numbers um, was I loved, um, you know, setting goals. Right. So 
how many clients did I need to see this week in order to meet my commission goal? Uh, I worked at a salon mm-hmm. where if you met certain revenue, if you brought in a certain amount of money, then you got an increased commission. So I could just say, all right, how many clients did I need to see? And then how many, you know, how much uh, do I need to sell per client in order mm-hmm. to reach these goals? And I think mm-hmm. that the more I, I digged into goal setting and um, uh, that's what attracted me to numbers. Uh, mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, really what made me turn careers, um, I took a internship at, um, at the Cleveland Indians, so I'm in Cleveland, Ohio, um, at the baseball field. I took an internship at the baseball field as an accounting intern. And I went from wanting to own my own salon. I was going to school so I could open my own salon. I went from wanting to open my own salon to 100% changing my career because I loved everything I was learning there. And, um, and I, I went to school to be an accountant. So um, all that to say that just because you're not a numbers person, you can start to click with pieces of the story and, and start, to, uh, start to embrace the numbers. It makes sense that, yeah, just sort of aligning at least the numbers with some goals, that makes it a little bit more motivating than just, you know, seeing numbers on a spreadsheet. Yes, Absolutely. Where do you think would be a good place for somebody to start if they want to start being more financially savvy? So I would start wherever you are. So if you um, if you are thinking about starting your own business, then you know start start um, start saving some, some money, start looking at what you need, start setting your goals. So, um, when do you want to open your own business? Um, Mm -hmm. you know, what, where are you going to open it? Um, how many, how many clients do you need to see in order to, um, in order to achieve your goals that, and, and pay yourself what you want to be paid. So Mm -hmm. you can, you know, start wherever you are. So that's if you, have not yet uh, opened your business. If you are somebody who you've opened your business and you are um, already up and running, look historically at what you've been doing and start to look at where you want to go. So the number one thing that I can, um, I can suggest to anybody is just to start to think about where you want to see your life uh, in, you know, you can start with five years, but that feels really overwhelming even for me, right? I like to start mm-hmm. one year away, right? Mm-hmm. So what do I want my income to be in one year and then work backwards? Okay. That's okay. So that kind of brings me into our, like a next question for you, because we got um, a lot of questions from our listeners in regards to this episode. Cause I think, like you said, it's this isn't an area of business um, or like an industry where we get a lot of like financial and business advice, Mm -hmm. at least definitely not in like, you know, our schooling to to be licensed. So there's a lot of estheticians, right? So there's a lot of estheticians that um, are wanting to kind of start their own business or thinking about um, opening up their own spa or renting their own room. So I'm curious if you have like a few core things that an esthetician should have financially in place before they make that leap to actually open a business. 
So if you're already working as an esthetician, so you're not coming right out of school, you're already currently working, I would start saving. So um, think about, um, so let's just say you're going to rent a chair. So um, start to look in your area. Um, how much is it to rent a space? And how much would you need uh, to save in order to be able to pay for that space for three to six months? So you want to have enough in your save. And I don't want that to scare anybody. You don't have to have six months, but think about what is your client's health today? So um, are, if you're going to move from your current employer and you're going to rent a space close by, think about how many of those clients are going to follow you. And, and do you have any type of non-competes? Maybe you have to go outside of a certain um, number of miles in order to even be able to open up your own space or rent a space. So make sure that you have at, you know, at least three months worth of, of savings to be able to pay for the space and then to be able to buy enough products. Uh, mm -hmm. And if you're somebody who's going to also want to sell retail, enough money to be able to uh, purchase your initial inventory so that you're ready when you open your doors uh, in that space. If you're somebody that wants to do a full spa, then mm -hmm. um, I, I would suggest you um, go even further into that process, right? What are your goals? Do you want to have um, are you going to run a single member spa or do you want to hire other estheticians to come with you? Um, mm -hmm. How, you know, how big do you want that space to be? And then same, same activity, you know, go through and find out um, what this, what the space rental is in your area, uh, how much you would need for inventory to, as your back bar, and then how much you would need for an inventory to have a retail space. And then if you're planning on bringing other people along with you, how much do you need for any type of payroll? And then start to save from there. Or look at bank loans or uh, investors. Are there businesses that you look at and you sort of see certain patterns or things that you would like to warn people who are starting to think about starting a business, warn them about mistakes they may be making or things they should avoid? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, um, get an accounting software right away. So uh, I don't want this to sound cliche coming from the accountant, but it's really, really important. <laughs> so uh, my uh, advice to every business owner, or even if you're working as a 1099, have an accounting software because, but when you are able to look at your historical numbers, you're able to read the story that your numbers are trying to tell you, right? So if you get an accounting software from day one, you can start tracking your expenses. Where are you spending money? Does it, does that spending serve your goals? Um, um, when are you making revenue? How much revenue are you making? How fast are you growing? And then over time, you can start to analyze those results. Uh, you know, we have uh, a client who came to us. She was about our third year in business. And she was so frustrated yeah. because mm -hmm. she could feel herself having peaks and valleys. And she couldn't figure out why she was having these peaks and valleys or see any of the trends. And she goes, I wish I would have put my accounting together earlier so that I could see, you know, was it 
every March I had a lull? Was it every uh, September, first week of September because the kids went back to school that week? You know, what, where in history can I start to look at those trends? So I know it might feel daunting, but as soon as you uh, create that LLC or you decide to go out on your own, uh, that's the moment to start tracking your, uh, your accounting. It seems like almost the hardest hump to get over is just having that visibility and like being willing to look at your numbers. I don't know if you have clients who are, you know, a little bit intimidated to even get into that. Oh my gosh. We, we see this with entrepreneurs day in and day out that are, you know, that are so scared. They're they're not even, um, they don't even want to see what the numbers have to say. Right. They're like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to avoid this, like the plague. Cause I'm afraid of what it's going to see. But <laughs> Here's here's the flip side of that story, right? I had a client who called me a few weeks ago and they said, you know, Danielle, before I came to you, I was scared, overwhelmed, unorganized, and I had no desire to ever look at my numbers because I was so afraid that I had lost too much money and you were going to tell me that this, that I can't keep going, right? And mm-hmm. that I, I'm not making enough money and somehow it was going to be shameful. Yeah. And we had did what we call a catch up. So we went back in history and we did, um, her 2019 and her 2020 catch up or her financials. So, um, we put all that information in the, in the accounting software. And what she found out was that she actually wasn't operating at a, a loss. She was, she had a profit and she's like, thank you. You know, thank you for, uh, getting me organized and thank you for making me see this because now I've had a 100% shift in my mindset. I'm like, Holy crap. I'm profitable. Like I'm making (laughs) money. (laughs) Right. Like, first of all, I have to start saving for taxes because I haven't been saving anything because I thought I was operating at a loss, but now I'm profitable. Oh my God. I have to save for taxes. But now she's like, now I feel like confident I can go and get more clients and I feel confident about bringing on somebody to work for me and help me build this business. So it's growth mm-hmm. feels possible. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid of them because maybe once you look at the numbers, maybe more growth will feel possible. Mm-hmm. So um, question for you as far as, you know, getting started, how, is there like a ballpark number that, um, that like a, a single operator, somebody renting a room would um, kind of expect as far as how much it would cost for them to get their product and their supplies and their equipment. Is there, is there a ballpark at all or does it really vary based on your location and your services? It really varies on your location, and your services. So think about it. Um, I'm in I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. So what you're going to pay in the Northeast is going to be very, very different than you're going to pay in California, right? So, or New York, Mm -hmm. Chicago, you know, so, so you have to think about where you are and you could do research um, based on your location. So uh, especially with space rental, uh, when it comes to inventory, uh, you might be able to, to uh, work with people who are within the United States that, that are willing to ship you products, but think about um, those, those shipping costs and, and whether or not you can get free shipping. The mm-hmm. other piece to that is um, 
what type of environment are you looking to provide for your clients? So we have some clients who want to provide a really, really high end experience, right? Mm -hmm. So they are um, decorating, marketing, branding, and purchasing products and inventory for a very high end market. And then they're probably going to position their location in a high end city. So that person is going to have a much higher dollar amount to invest in that area and invest in those products, but they are going to charge more for their services. They might not have as many people coming in day in and day out, but they're going to charge more per service. Now we have somebody else who they might be in, um, in a more rural area or, um, uh, or a, uh, a suburb that they actually want to have more people in the door. They might want to be, I don't want to use the word discount, but maybe they want to be the budget friendly, right? They want to bring in the blue collar or the average person. And so you're going to use products that the average person wants to pay for, right? They're, that they want mm -hmm. to come in and buy retail from you and they can afford your services. And therefore the, the, the type of products that you're going to, you're going to buy are going to be different. And then the amount of money you pay for the space is going to be different too. Mm -hmm. Does that yeah, make sense? That all makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so I'm curious what you think about like stocking actual products as far for skincare, obviously for estheticians and then for hairstylists, um, different product, like, would you recommend they start small with just a couple products or like maybe try to investigate a drop shipping option? What do you think about that? Like how, we had a lot of questions about, mm -hmm. you know, how much they should invest in their products and can they invest too much? You can invest too much is the answer. Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. We have seen that <laughs> cripple businesses. So um, mm -hmm. we had a client a few years ago who um, at her previous salon, she was, um, she was able to uh, really push the retail product. She was really good at it and she had a ton of products to choose from. And so she wanted to bring that to her spa and she wanted to have you know, all the same type, you know, she wanted to have the same amount of products there. And she thought that it was going to go flying off the shelves. Right. Well, it didn't. And then the seasons turned, right. And new products mm. came out and she mm. couldn't return those to the suppliers. Right. So she ended up yeah. with this huge clearance area. She, she had to discount a ton of products. Honestly, she, she lost so much money in that. Um, I, I, but I do think that there's money in retail. So we also have clients mm -hmm. who aren't doing, they're so scared to buy anything that they're not taking advantage of it. I mean, think about it when you come out, when your client leaves and they feel good with the products you just used on, on their skin, that they want to take that home, right? It's an impulse buy. So being able to have something in your space is really going to help them take home that impulse buy. I think even um, some people who have tried the e-commerce or dropship option, uh, they're still losing sales because think about yourself and how, you know, or Amazon Prime, right? <laughs> right. We live in such an error that mm -hmm. we want things instantly. And if they can't walk out with that product, uh, they, they, they aren't going to buy it or they may not buy it. I don't want to use definitive terms. So I would say, I would advise to anybody who's thinking about uh, carrying retail, start small. 
uh, dedicate yourself maybe to one one product line um, and and test uh, what you are carrying. You might even try a client survey if you have a good client following. Uh, you can you can try a client survey. Um, I, I had a client last month who ran a Facebook ad. Uh, and just to see how many how many clicks that she was getting to find out what people wanted, right? So she could start to just carry a few items and do it with a um, with some logical uh, algorithm. <laughs> okay, I'm curious. Okay, so let's let's take let's make an example. Say there's somebody named Stephanie. She's had one year of working in a spa. Now she's thinking of starting her business. And if she is trying to map out the financial sort of steps she should take, she should definitely get the accounting software. Are there any other sort of just like baseline setting up a business to be financially sound things you would recommend? Yes, absolutely. So um, that person will want to go and get um, an LLC, right? So go to your state website, uh, do a business name search, uh, file uh, for an LLC. You do not need an attorney to file an LLC. So we see uh, a lot of people who um, will uh, invest a lot of money in that initial filing. Um, this can be done online, either on your own, um, legal Zoom. Um, there are other options other than going to a high-priced attorney for your LLC filing. Mm -hmm. step, step two would be to get your own tax identification number. Uh, this can be done on the IRS website. Um, and then from there, what, you'll, you'll get almost like an instant acceptance from the IRS. Uh, I want you to take that tax ID number and go to your local bank. Uh, there's not... Uh, I would suggest picking a bank that uh, is um, has enough is large enough that they have uh, an API that syncs with your accounting software. So uh, sometimes our local credit unions don't have the functionality that some of our bigger banks do. Um, so Chase Bank is one that we we love to work with. Um, so take that tax ID number, go and open yourself a business checking account. Um, the mm. biggest benefit of that is that all of your business expenses will be separate from your personal. The IRS likes to see this from an audit risk perspective. And when you start to um, track this information in the accounting software, it'll be much easier for you to track. Thank you so much. I feel like these are the answers we have been wondering about, our audience has been wondering about. So we're so appreciative of these answers. My next mm -hmm. question is, if somebody is somebody has multiple streams of income, would you recommend them setting up a separate business checking account for each for each source of income? I would absolutely. So okay. um, the the reason behind that is um, one, it makes good, clean bookkeeping. Um, two, uh, you, um, from that IRS perspective, uh, um, from an audit perspective, if you could show clean books between each entity, and then even from a legal standpoint, if anybody tries to sue you in one piece of your business, um, having them as separate as possible uh, is, is best from a legality standpoint as well. Okay, noted, awesome.
maybe let's segue into somebody who is not quite ready to start a business, but is just, you know, working, working at a spa, they're working on saving. And let's take the example, they want to advocate for a raise, how can somebody get comfortable talking about money and advocating for themselves in that kind of situation? Yeah, so, so, the, so um, think about all of us struggle with this, right? So this is what I call money mindset. Uh, I know that it can stem from our childhood experiences, how we were raised, how confident we are. Um, it, it's, it's so funny. I have um, a, a, a friend of mine who... Um, you know, she, she lacks confidence and, and yeah. she has for a long time. And I know it stems from childhood. Uh, her mother wasn't very supportive and, and she lacks confidence. And I, um, would say to her, what do you mean? Go ask for what you want. And she's <laughs> looking at me like I'm, I've got three heads. She's like, there's no way I'm going to touch that person. So first of all, I want to, I say that all because I want to acknowledge how you're feeling, right? We yeah. are all very different. We have different backgrounds and we don't all have the same confidence levels. So um, the best thing that you can start to do when you want to ask for a raise or a higher commission, start to um, list out what your current milestones are, right? So what are you doing really well? So um, how are you a really good employee to that, that, that spa owner? How are you making a difference in their business? Uh, how are, how have you grown? So maybe your clientele has grown and you're, um, and you're growing professionally. Make a list of those things that way, when you go to have a conversation, you can note the facts, right? You can note the places where mm -hmm. you think you've really made a difference. And I think that when we go into conversations with thoughts and emotions, we can really be derailed, right? But if we go in with facts and figures, it can really help streamline the conversation and make a better story. So I mm -hmm. say this for employees, entrepreneurs, it does not matter. Always look at the facts and the figures and meet your heart somewhere in the middle. Mm, I love that. Yeah. That, and that makes, I feel like that would also give you so much more confidence if you sit down and look at all of your positives and what you're bringing to the table and, you know, bring that confidence into the conversation. Hell yeah, absolutely. Yes. That, I mean, knowing that you, so it's funny when we see people sit down and write down what they're doing, right your confidence goes through the roof. You're like, yes, I'm, I am actually killing it. I, I deserve this. Yeah. I love that. So I guess kind of along the same lines as the previous question, what would you say to somebody who is, I guess, starting kind of a business partnership, or maybe they already have a business partnership. Are there any tips that you have as far as approaching the money situation in a business partnership and like how to talk about it, how to agree on things? Like, would you recommend a contract with a, with a partner? What would you say? Yes. Um, so several things, um, don't go into partnerships with friends or family. Uh-oh, <laughs> Lauren and I are already in too deep. <laughs> I, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Make sure, um, it, you know, I, um, 
always recommend that uh, if you're going to go into par a partnership with anybody, um, make sure that you spell out um, everyone's rights and responsibilities uh, at, at the front end. So make sure that you have an operating agreement and clearly define who's responsible for what. Mm. Uh, and then constantly reevaluate that. Um, so you want to constantly reevaluate. So maybe you learn six months in that one partner is really good at implementing new systems and managing the team, but the other partner is really good at marketing and social media. You want to make sure that both partners are putting in the same amount of work that so that there is a feeling of equality um, and that matches the payouts as well, right? So um, we've, we've had a few clients who went into business with partners. Uh, one partner feels like they're doing more. And um, thank God that these clients have had uh, an operating agreement to fall back on. Uh, so they were able to lean on the attorneys um, as they dissolve their business or maybe one partner bought out the other partner. And so having that upfront agreement helps you dissolve any disagreements mm -hmm. or if one person ever wants out of the business in the future. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's, that's great, great, great advice. Yeah. I always hear the, the same thing from my dad, which is, you know, you don't want to start a business with a partner because I, I would say it is more difficult when the emotions are involved and you maybe love or really care about that person. And then money comes in. It's this whole, whole new component. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes we don't know, you know, we think we know our friends really well, uh, but we don't know them in a work setting or in, yeah. a, in yeah. an, an investment setting, right? Or a financial setting, or we don't really know what their true skill set is in this environment. Um, especially if you're two new entrepreneurs, you mm -hmm. might not know what your skill set is. I mean, I know when I started uh, Kickstart Accounting, I had no idea what I was going to be really good at as a business owner. So yeah. um, we see that a lot too, that um, things might change as you move forward. So just make sure you protect yourself on the front end. Um, make sure you're, you're, you form the LLC, you file your taxes as a partnership, and, and you make sure you have that operating agreement. And if anybody already has a partnership that you're like, oh my God, I didn't do that. You can still do it. It's okay. <laughs> Wherever you are in your business, um, you could do it, um, you know, with an attorney, like, you know, you can do uh, an attorney. Um, you can do it with, I believe LegalZoom does that. Uh, there's a, there's a few other online services. So don't feel like, oh my God, that's going to cost me thousands of dollars. There are uh, more inexpensive online resources these days uh, mm -hmm. to help you with those operating agreements. Danielle, could you define just for maybe some of our listeners who aren't who aren't sure what it is? Could you define what an LLC is? And then I have a second part to this question, which is like, how does somebody know when they're, when they're ready to establish an LLC? Um, I would suggest establishing an LLC the day that you've decided to go into business. So if you are thinking about going into business for yourself. Get the LLC. Um, it establishes you as the business owner. So it is um, through your state. You'll file at the state level, and it designates you as a business owner. Uh, and then 
um, any expenses and income that come from that business, you'll file on your taxes. Um, we can go really deep and nitty gritty in yeah. the taxes of LLC, but basically the LLC, um, your, your income and your expenses will still pass through to your personal uh, tax return, but mm -hmm. it gives you the ability to write off all the expenses related to your business. Okay. So I think it's just interesting, especially like this day and age, maybe somebody is, you know, has kind of a budding Instagram and they're starting to make some money from sponsorships and they want to do hair or skin, or maybe like Lauren and myself, we have a, a podcast. Would those things be considered a business you could make an LLC? Absolutely. So anytime that you're, you're making money from those activities, that would be a business. So, um, if, if you are any, if you're selling product on, on Instagram, uh, or you, or you have the podcast or a coaching program that you're monetizing, uh, any, anytime that you have anything that you're monetizing, that would be a business. Fantastic. I feel like we're learning so much. So this is, this Good. is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I want to kind of take a little bit of a left turn and address the elephant in the proverbial room <laughs> um, as far as COVID-19 and how how somebody, whether they be an employee or a business owner, and maybe we could just start with business owners. Um, how do you, first of all, prepare for something like this? And then what do you do to kind of I guess, secure yourself or mitigate damage while something like this is happening, you know, being closed for months on end and not having the income that you normally would. Yeah, good question. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you're right. It is like the elephant in the room right now. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like, are we, are we allowed to talk about anything but COVID? Oh my God. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so, but it's, it's so important. So I'm glad you brought it up. So the best way to be, um, uh, prepared for any disaster, right? It, it could just be that you fell down the stairs and you can't work, right? It can be mm -hmm. that you were in a car accident and, and cannot bring in money or run your spa. So it doesn't have to be as big as COVID, any disaster that you want to be prepared for. So we recommend for everybody to have three months of uh, operating expenses in their savings. What are operating expenses? So if you are a business owner, uh, I want you to calculate how much do you need to pay for your space rental or your or your spa rental, right? So where your your space, if you have any employees, how much do you need to pay your employees? Do you have any subscriptions that you have to pay? Uh, anything that you use on a monthly basis that that you you need to operate your your business. So. Uh, take a tally. Uh, if you have an accounting system already set up, you can you, you can use your profit and loss statement to uh, easily calculate this. If you don't have an accounting system, you can use your bank statements um, to to calculate um, what you need on a monthly basis, what you're paying on a monthly basis. Then multiply that by three. That's your savings number that you want to start to get to, and sl and slowly start to save to get there. Um, for anybody who is currently in pandemic um, and, and still not able to work, there's no magic answer right now. Um, we've seen some of our spa owners who still have not been able to, to, to open their salons back up or their spas back up. Um, we've seen people launch um, coaching programs. Um, 
have uh, launched other passion product projects such as is a podcast or a mastermind group where you uh, teach other uh, spa owners how to um, how to perform your expertise whatever your your expertise might be so right now a lot of it is pivoting um, maybe you have a favorite um, skincare line that you were selling in your spa, uh, turning that into an e-commerce and being able to sell that online, getting in front of your clients and being able to, um, to still sell them that product, but not necessarily be able to provide the other services. Uh, there's no magic answer for, um, for the COVID Mm -hmm. piece and not being able to be fully open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that having that three month savings, as you said, is it probably sounds like it's the best that, that you can do and it's the most you can prepare for. Yeah, absolutely. And then think about, so other disasters outside of COVID, I hope we don't have another pandemic, but you think yeah. about if you, um, you know, in my car accident example or whatnot, think about having a disability insurance. So, um, you know, you might want to look in into disability insurance, life insurance, uh, making sure that you're fully insured uh, or even business insurance. I did see some of our clients be able to um, to make insur- an insurance claim. So so think about how you're covering yourself uh, for insurance as well. Would you say the business insurance is also something necessary somebody should have when they're setting up their business? Absolutely. So anytime you have a business, so if you are, if you're having anybody, especially in your spa or in your space, you'll definitely want to make sure that you have business insurance. Okay. Got it. And when it comes to that accounting software, are there certain systems that you like, or is there anything that's free people could check out and just have more access to? Yeah, of course. So Wave is the free version um, that a lot of uh, we see a lot of entrepreneurs start with. Wave has a ton of limitations, mm-hmm. uh, but if you're bare bone, you're you're starting with zero revenue tomorrow, and you're like, I just want something. Um, Wave is a free option. Um, as you grow, um, I would recommend um, moving into QuickBooks. Is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another one out there called Zero. Um, I don't think it's that much more inexpensive than, than QuickBooks. So between the two, I would still choose QuickBooks. Um, and, and I'll tell you, um, why long-term, um, we see entrepreneurs say, I just don't know. I just don't know if I'll ever make it. I don't know if I'll ever be big. You know, I don't know, um, if I'll ever need all of this information that QuickBooks has to offer. And nine times out of 10, we see these business owners grow and they, they've outgrown wave, right? And they can't get the financial reports that they need out of wave or the QuickBooks self-employed edition. And they're like, Oh man, I wish I had the reports from Mm -hmm. the day I started my business. You know, um, this is, this is nerdy, but I love when I can say to my clients, look how much you've grown since year one. Right. So Mm -hmm. like, look, Oh my gosh, you've grown, you know, 20% per year or, wow, look at how your operating expenses have grown or outgrown your revenue, right? And they're growing too fast. So being able to look at trends over time is really important. And so if you can get into a system like QuickBooks, you can look at trends historically uh, in a much deeper way. It almost seems like dressing for the job you want or like invest, I love that. investing in what, what you know will benefit 
you at your highest, you know, highest peak and, and set you up for success. Yes. I love that. Yes. Oh, awesome. I was wondering, are there certain things people can do to sort of assist with their savings? How do you feel about like apps like Acorn or anything like that? So I think that long-term fees can really eat into anyone's savings. Um, that a lot of the, the, these cool apps that are really easy to use do have higher fees. However, I am, I, I encourage anybody to use anything that will get you started, right? So if you're doing nothing today and that app comes across your inbox and it feels really easy to set up and easy to use and it's something that you can follow through on, freaking do it, right? Because um, a lot of us, we see per, uh, perfection paralysis um, we see people who like want the lowest fees or to do it the right way or mm-hmm. uh, make sure we're saving the most money or, oh, I'm not going to do it the way my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my, you know, person I'm following on social media next door. <laughs> right. Yeah. So we, we, we get in comparison mode and then we don't do anything. So if you'll, if you'll do it, if you'll take action and you'll follow through on it, then, then I say, go for it. Um, there's Acorn, um, Quapital, uh, Fundrise is another one. Um, there's a lot of cool apps out there now. So definitely take advantage of those. Awesome. I feel like that that gives everyone listening some great actionable items. Danielle, before we start to wrap up, is there anything we didn't ask that you think would be super valuable for people to hear? Yes, absolutely. So I think the one thing that I just want to tell everybody, and I kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the call, take action, right? So so don't let any of this feel overwhelming. If you're somebody who's thinking about starting a business, start taking action. If you have a business, but you haven't done anything with your accounting and you're totally overwhelmed by this, do one thing, right? One thing that we talked about today. And momentum fuels more momentum. Mm. Uh, think about, um, you know, starting to train for, for uh, 5K or, or a diet, right? The more, the, the, the more you do it, the more you want to do it and, it. and it feels good. And, and so just don't let this feel um, overwhelming. Take mm. one action step. Uh, the other piece that I'll, I'll say um, is that your financials are trying to tell you a story. So make sure you listen to them. Uh, so if you're already a business owner, make sure you're looking at your financials, make sure you're looking at the activity that is occurring in your business and take action. If there's something that you're spending a lot of money on that doesn't fit your goals and doesn't fit your business, make sure you take action and stop, right? So listen to that story and then take action. I love that. I think that's so perfect. So Danielle, where can everybody find you either on social media or a website? If someone wants to get in contact with you, where can they find you? Absolutely. So uh, my website is profitplannerbookkeeping.com. Come check us out there. If you, um, if you need a resource, if, uh, if any of this felt overwhelming and you want to talk to somebody, you can schedule a call with me right there on the website. Uh, I would love to, to chat with you. Um, I'd love to be a resource for your listeners. Um, come hang out on social media, uh, both on Facebook and Instagram, Danielle Hayden underscore OH. Uh, we love to put out 
content for our followers. Uh, we like to put out uh, little snippets, little financial tips and tricks and reminders for business owners. So um, come hang out there, ask questions, and I love to see everyone else's photos. So uh, tag me and uh, love to connect with you all. Yay. Awesome. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much. I think this episode and this whole conversation has been extremely valuable. I mean, yes. even just to myself. Yes. So thank yes. you so thank much. Thank you so, so much, Danielle. Of course, of course. And if the listeners contact you guys with any questions, I, again, happy to be a resource. Um, I, I love this. Uh, I love this stuff. <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely. We will definitely let you know. Okay. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We'll leave all of Danielle's info in the show notes below. Let us know if you guys have any questions, connect with Danielle on Instagram and Facebook, and we will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you found this episode as informative and helpful as we did. Danielle has offered to share a couple really cool things with you guys. First, she has offered special access to a financial goal setting worksheet. This financial planning tool will help you build a strong foundation for success through goal setting, planning, and financial education. The link to gain access will be profitplannerbookkeeping.com slash treatment room, and we will leave the link to this in the description of this episode. She has also provided a one-year intro rate on bookkeeping services. Often, Danielle finds that business owners assume bookkeeping services are more expensive than they actually are. So she would love to offer our listeners a one-year intro rate for bookkeeping services through Kickstart Accounting, and this will start at $99 per month. To see if you would be a good fit, you can schedule a call and share our podcast name, The Treatment Room, to claim your offer. We highly recommend taking advantage of these offers. As we've learned recently, financial stability is never guaranteed. So being as prepared and knowledgeable as you can will only benefit us all in the long run. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you guys in the next one. Mm-hmm.